0: Three, two, one. Oh, introducing the one, the only. Candy. i that candy, babe. Take it to the candy shop. Candy, candy, candy. I
1: taste just like candy.
0: This Harper, and my purpose with this podcast is to create healthy romantic relationships all around the world through self-love, soul connections, and sweetness. But before we get to that, please take a moment to subscribe to Ask for Candy on Anchor or iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you normally download your podcasts. Also, you can email us at askforcandypodcast@gmail.com at to leave comments and ask questions, and those questions will be answered in a later broadcast. So for those of you who've been listening for almost nine years, I have been a relationship coach and a workshop facilitator. I'm also a professional matchmaker currently with Luma Luxury Matchmaking, a, high, a service that brings high-end singles together to find their perfect love. And relationship coaching and matchmaking are my zone of genius. And the best part about it is that week to week, I get to grow and learn as I interact with hundreds of people around the most intimate parts of their lives. I get to take people on their journey from caterpillar to butterfly from unhappy with their love lives or their partners to ecstatic. I get to teach people how to get out of their own way and tap into love as a limitless resource. I also get to answer a lot of great questions. Sometimes I have answers and sometimes I gotta do some research, but I always get to grow and learn myself. And speaking of growing and learning, I have my co-host here with me, Mr. Frank Love. He describes himself as a loving husband, father of six, speaker, podcaster, blogger, blogger, and a coach. He's the author of Relationship Conversations You Don't Want to Have But Should Anyway, and 25 Ways to Be Loving. He's also a native of Washington, D.C., and he has degrees from both Howard and George Washington universities and has embarked upon a fascinating journey to uncover and discover what it means to love and how to discern when we are not being loving. His in-your-face declaration, I want to be loved and accepted in my relationship no matter what I do and you do too, is his powerful wake-up call to himself and to all of us as we work to create the supportive, empathetic, and mutually fulfilling relationships that we so desperately want. And now Frank is here with us and excited to answer questions along with me and introduce us all to a loving conversation with the sincere hope that we can be more caring in the world. Now Frank is here with us and excited to answer questions along with me and introduce us all to a loving conversation with the sincere hope that we will be more caring in the world and in our communities, beginning with our romantic relationships. Welcome, Frank Love. Say hello to the people. How you feeling? Hello,
1: people. Hello, my sister. <laughs> and, and, and I want to to clear something
0: up. Yes. Uh, I'm not just here to answer questions. I'm also asking them too. That is very true. Because you ask great questions. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I didn't say that, but I
1: I am here to ask them, <laughs> whether right? they're great or not. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna add that into the intro because that is absolutely true. I was listening to you know our, a couple of our previous shows and I was like. Frank really asks good questions.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm, good. I'm glad.
0: <laughs> right, that is totally valid. So well, what's going on? A good, good question on? to me, huh?
1: A, a good question to me is probably one that um, that not just captures what I might want to know at the time, but is also harnessing the audience and what listeners may want to know, Yeah. but they can't ask because they're not, you know, they're right? not here with us. Yeah. So, to me, that's a good question. <laughs>
0: I totally agree. And I also think that that's part of what makes it, because, you know, I was doing this show solo for so long, but part yeah. of what makes it a richer conversation is, you know, to have you here to do that when you do it and me here to do it when I do it, it's good to have somebody else who can do that, like sort of represent what the audience may be wondering about or, you know, just ask a question that might compel deeper thinking. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like you definitely do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> being here to do it i've got a compelling topic for us which you know about already but you know i like to i like to make a big announcement about it so it sounds really big and lofty right this one i feel like could it could end up being a very lofty conversation i'm calling today's show race dating mm. obviously a playoff of race baiting but race dating isn't racist to only want to date within your race wow mm. right ah and How
1: interesting.
0: I, it's an interesting question. And what I want to talk, tell a little bit about what inspired it. All right. So, you Go. know, in my matchmaking, I interview tons of people. And I would say probably within the last little over a year, hundreds of people I've interviewed just to, you know, get to know them, predate them, to match them with people. Well, mm-hmm. I, I interviewed my first blatant but polite racist
1: Hmm. Now, are you saying they were a racist because they said they want to only date uh, their own race? Or are you saying no. that because they said something that was actually hands down racist? racist. They actually Or said, somewhere in the middle.
0: They actually said something that was hands down racist. But here's the Go thing. On. Here's my disclaimer. Uh Because I've met many in my life, blatant but polite racists. I feel like, you know, just part of of being a woman of color, a person of color in this society that we live in, we run into people like all the varying degrees of racists, right? (laughs) So there are those that are blatant. And a lot of times people think they associate blatant with hateful, like that Mm -hmm. you're just that, you know, hating, uh, white robe wearing, cross burning full on, you know, full level racists. Mm-hmm. And then the other end of that spectrum is that covert. You'd never know it. A lot of them are liberals, very, you know, left thinking, but they have all these limits that they set on people of color or these ways of being that are that are are very racist but on the opposite end, right? Mm-hmm. All the other racists are somewhere in between. And I guess, you know, if you go by that song from Avenue Q, Everybody's a Little Bit Racist, we all kind of fall somewhere on that big spectrum, right? I don't know that song. Uh, what's that? I don't know that song. Oh, so yeah, it's from the the show Avenue Q, which is a musical that is a, a a spoof of like Sesame Street. So it's all, it was genius when it when it it's well it's run. There's been different incarnations of it, but it's a genius um, show, and it's really all about discovering your 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 sameness with everybody. It's all about like the evolution that people go through of feeling like who they are is so individual and so unique and so special, which it is, but not having an understanding of how we just fit into the world that everybody's wanting the same things that everybody's striving for the same things. And there's a song in the show called everybody's a little bit racist. Everyone's a little bit racist. (laughs) And it's actually a a genius song. You kind of, I should probably should have, I didn't know I was going to bring it up because I would have brought the lyrics, But, you know, if you get a chance to read through the lyrics, it just has a very funny take on how we all have our biases or we all have our things that we assume about different groups of people. So, like I said, you know, I feel like everybody sort of falls on some spectrum of bias. And I think certain regions of this country, there's a very common and I think it's southern regions of this country. It's very common to run into the blatant but polite racist meaning they're still using words like colored. They have no qualms about talking about their biases about race because they don't even see it as anything untoward. Like they're, they come from so many generations of racism and slavery and just thinking that way, it's so deeply conditioned that it's it's not something that they're shameful of or that they hide. And it's not an out and out violent hatred it's just a thinking that you're you're inferior if you're a certain color. And that's that's just polite society. That's just the way it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I I don't know that those types of people are as common as they used to be. It's almost like a throwback from the 50s because I think that you know people have different ways of sort of guarding their biases and their thoughts these days. But I was interviewing somebody the other day and, you know, we went through the entire interview and it came across, I don't necessarily always ask people if they will date someone of another race, but I do ask them what they're attracted to physically. And sometimes I'll, op- I'll ask them, depending on what they've said, if they are open to dating different ethnicities and let them kind of tell me, identify which ones they want to date. And she literally said to me that she has no interest in dating a colored man. Mm-hmm. She, how old is she she's in her same age as us she's in her late 40s and she's a doctor so she's educated mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay here's the here's the caveat she's also from florida okay <laughs> so she said that first of all just the fact that she she said that she had no interest in dating a colored man which you know if you don't have interest or or if you're not attracted to people who are of different ethnicities ethnicities, shades, colors, whatever. There's nothing, it, that didn't bother me as much as the fact that she used such an antiquated word that she um, was completely oblivious to, to who she was talking to, because I'm a woman of color. and And I didn't even take it personally that she feels the way that she feels. But then her next question was, well, I might consider it if he was maybe of your complexion, but nothing darker than that.
1: Wow, Yeah, That's interesting.
0: <laughs> like just no, and no, there was, there was no apology to her communication, which I didn't expect an apology because of my feelings about it. I actually was just kind of, uh, uh, kind of not even taken aback, just kind of like, she just really, I almost respected the fact that She, she went
1: there.
0: What's that? She went there. She went there. And I almost yeah. respected the fact that she just was a stand for how she felt and didn't oh. feel ashamed of it. But by the same token, it worried me that someone could be that uh, unconscious and blind to the fact that that not just that there's you know racial issues in our culture, but you're talking to a woman of color and and you feel that it's okay to express what you feel is inferior like what makes someone inferior, and it's associated with that person that you're talking to. Do you know what I mean? I don't
1: know if that's what she was doing, and I don't know if it was unconscious, it could have been very conscious and she something. could have felt like do your job. You want to know what I want? This is what I want. I'm yeah. not here to make you feel good. And I'm not here to, um, I'm not here to give you some politically correct um, response to your questions. I'm here to tell you exactly what I want. And that's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's valid. Cause I definitely, first of all, I don't expect any of them to, to say, and I do tell them like, don't worry about my judgments. I'm not there expecting anyone to make me feel good. But mm-hmm. I think also it's like, you know, I don't know. I just, I guess I was just shocked by the fact that she, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be judgmental cause I don't think it's a moral issue. But I think that it just is really indicative to this sense that there is superiority in. So I'm not willing to date someone colored, as she put it. But if they're a certain color, that's okay. Like I don't know that that's that's okay.
1: <laughs> I also don't know if she's taking a position of inferiority or superiority. It could just be I'm not interested in dealing with <clears throat> with that culture. Yeah. Um. What so I what it,
0: I know about that culture. So what I think about that exactly. that culture is undesirable to me.
1: Exactly. That doesn't make it or just different. It doesn't make it inferior or superior. Although I am not ruling it out either. Yeah. Um, but it, given what we know, it's not. It, it's not a hundred percent clear to me. Which takes me to a movie I just watched two days ago called The Guilty that we can talk about yeah. if we get a chance
0: yeah go ahead what was it was it about the, was it about race and...
1: it was about filling in the blanks yeah. so the guilty I think it's a Danish film I'm, it, it, uh, you, it it's not a US it's a foreign film mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's not done in English it's foreign to people who live in the US and the thing is the reason I'm saying that is I just um, I just started blogging and I'm writing a blog about my experience with this film yeah. right now course you'll get it um and in the blog in the first sentence i say it's a foreign film for u.s readers Mm -hmm. um because hell you know we patrice o'neill did a bit i don't know if if you know who patrice o'neill is i do. I
0: love patrice o'neill i loved great yes one of of the
1: greatest comedians (laughs) yeah of our time for real um i had the pleasure of going to see him in concert once and I loved it, and I got tickets to see him the next year. And the next year he passed, mm, so the tickets wow. were refunded and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but he he once said that God, what was I talking about? Um, well, you were talking about the guilty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He once he once said that Americans treat other people like foreigners, even when we're in their country. Mm, so yeah. So when I say foreign. It's it's important to distinct to be to, to display the distinction and the the foreign awareness that I'm talking about foreign to people who live in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, it's I think it's Danish, and the it's about a police officer who is, I think he's temporarily demoted to to answering emergency calls, mm-hmm. emergency phone calls. You know, when someone like dials nine one one or whatever. Equivalent is in denmark mm-hmm. um the and and he gets a call from a woman who's in distress and all of the the assumptions that he makes about reality based on what she's saying and mm-hmm. it's a fascinating um, it's a fascinating unfolding so i'm i'm writing a blog and i'm gonna tie it's a it starts off about the movie. Um, but it, it goes into how we fill in the blanks. And I think we may have talked about this at some point, but we fill in the blanks about other people's relationships. Mm-hmm. We fill in the blanks about our parents' relationship yeah. where I really am of the belief that you know, we don't know what the hell is going on. with our parents, Even if we, I mean, we, we don't know what the hell is going on with our parents, even if we live in the same house with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in their relationship, leave that alone and just do your best to mind your own business and, and make as few assumptions that you could possibly make. Yeah. Um, so uh, how did we get there? I don't...
0: <laughs> well, you were saying you were, you were just talking about the guilt. It made you think of the guilty when I was talking about the way she was Go communicating her racism. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if yeah, I, I don't know exactly. Whether she was being superior, inferior, or whether she was just noting her preference. And I certainly have no problem with her noting her preference. If I was, I would have had no problem if I was on the other end of the line. It does sound like you had an overt problem, it sounds Mm -hmm. like you dealt with it in a very classy way. Yeah. Uh, but you noted it.
0: For sure. Well, yeah, because, you know, like I said, I didn't feel, you know, because here's the thing in as much as I care about the people that I'm interviewing because mm-hmm. of, you know, their fellow human beings. And I do want to have them have a good match. I don't care what their thoughts are of me, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't care, uh, you know, the opinions that they have about things. Um, I think that what just kind of like bothered me about it, and the reason that I go into the superiority, inferiority thing is because I do think that it's like uh, people decide to draw their line for what they think is is good enough, right? So Mm -hmm. whether it's good enough to date or good enough to be friends with or good enough to even talk to on the street. And I think that that's a big problem in our culture that we do think that we get to decide based on who we've experienced before or what color somebody is or what color people are that I've experienced before where mm-hmm. i where i set my bar or what is good enough for me based on that like i think that there it's like letting the past inform the future number 1 and number 2 it's the basis of hatred in this country. It's like, I know this little bit and whether the little bit that I know is that I just watch TV and I know how black people are represented on TV, or I know how uh, Latinx people are represented on TV. So this is how I've decided I feel about them. Like the thing that concerns me is that someone who is, you know, granted, she's a doctor, she's a chiropractor, not a brain surgeon, but somebody who is an educated person of a certain age in this country, that they are still in a conversation of, of you know, here's where, here's where I stop as far as someone's color. And we did have a, a, an entire conversation about skin color. Based Mm -hmm. on what I think I know about skin color. Now the the client I'm matching for, you know, he's of African descent and he, he, but he's from the UK and he's got all the things that any, any, uh, most of my clients around her age as far as his, you know, those stats they're always talking about, all those requirements. He's got all mm-hmm. of them. You know, when they talk about how much money they want him to have and, you know, w- whether they're educated or not, or, you know, he's got a lot of, I don't want to give his details because I don't want him to sound recognizable so people to Google mm-hmm. him, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's got all those things that these women at, say that they want. And mm-hmm. so I think that it was the, the denial of him because she, because of what his complexion was going to be. And um that she was in a conversation that, that that would make sense in the position that she's in, it, it, may, it gave me pause about how we think in this country and how we choose to judge people and how we choose to say what is and isn't good enough. And the reason I think it is a conversation of inferiority is, is because, you know, I think that when we say this works or this doesn't work when it comes to dating, it is a, it, it's a judgment call. Like, oh, it's not good enough if you smoke cigarettes. That's not going to be good. And I've done that. I'm not saying, you know, it's human. It's not good enough for me to be with somebody who smokes weed every day or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's not, that's not out of the realm of, of reasonability. But I think when it comes to skin color, it it's part of our problem in this culture that, that we think that's okay. That anybody's walking around thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm not going to date anybody who's darker than a brown paper bag. Hey. <laughs> I think that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? And that's you a realize. mild version because there's some yeah. people who are like, I hate everybody who's darker than a brown paper bag, or I hate everybody who's, you know, darker than a piece of paper. So obviously that's the extreme of that. But that mild version of that is just as dangerous.
1: Do you, there, mm, yeah, God, it's so much to, to say about what you said. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to. You said she's not, uh, you know, she's a chiropractor. She's not a brain surgeon. So, yeah, I felt, I felt a little tinge there. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to diminish her. I want to hold her as, as competent and, and a full person. You know, I want her. I want us to talk about her as though she is a hundred percent not. Well, Not, yeah, no, that, I, that
0: wasn't to de- to diminish her humanity. What it was okay. is saying that in, in this day and age, as an intelligent, educated person, so be- becoming a chiropractor, leave it there. yeah, but becoming right there. a chiropractor takes a different level of, of commitment to your education than being a brain surgeon. Like that's someone who, you know, if, if I'm talking to someone that. who's a brain surgeon, I do have mm-hmm. an expectation that they have a, a level of education or understanding of people that might be a little bit higher and. Higher than I would have because I don't have that level of education and what it takes to learn all that stuff. I'm not saying better or not. I'm just saying they they know certain things I don't know. I would expect I them to know that. things I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't believe that they're more intelligent. A brain surgeon. I mean look look at Ben Carson. I don't particularly hold him as a as a I mean, he's not a dummy, but I don't particularly hold him in some high esteem because he's a
0: brain surgeon. Well, I mean, we don't know what kind of brain surgeon he is because he's terrible. He's a terrible politician. (laughs) But if he's a good brain surgeon, that means that he does have a high level of intelligence. Right.
1: Um, But not necessarily more than anybody who's and who's a
0: secretary. That's not Not necessarily, but the the odds on like, so we're just talking odds. Like, I would say that if I'm a brain surgeon, the odds are that I I know way more about at least that topic than most people who who are not so that took something for me to to have the the presence of mind to learn what i had to learn to get there
1: well i'll give it on that particular topic but we all have something on you know, some particular topic
0: yeah that,
1: and so i just i i just wanted to say that and then the i'm i was sure okay i wanted to make make get clear about so you were recruiting you have a client who's of African descent. I'm a, I'm assuming he is black mm-hmm. because you know you have whites who are from African descent too. I mean you know. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's black, mm-hmm. and you were r- looking for a match for him, and you found this chiropractor
0: woman. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, she was one of yes, yeah, she was, was yeah. one of many candidates I was screening. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you.
1: And how how interested? Was she, but clearly she was at some level interested in being in connection with you or being interviewed by you or checking you, you know, being in contact with you about being matched. She was.
0: Well, that's the thing. So when I reach out to these people, I send them a white sheet that has the profile details of the person. Mm And mm-hmm. so that it that means they look at that profile and they have to take the initiative to click the link so they can schedule the screening with me. So that's how they show whether they're interested or not. So it's not like I just like cold call them.
1: Right, yeah. right. Okay, okay. Um, mm-hmm. um, okay, where do we go? Where, I don't know. I don't know. What, I, <laughs> well, what, sure. it, it, it,
0: go ahead. Cool. What, what was your line? Like, so. so she did have interest and she mm-hmm. liked all the stats. She was uh-huh. into it. And there's a lot of stats on there that if you're... If you're really looking at them, you might discern certain things about that person. I don't give too many details because I don't want them Googling each other because then people, you know, they make up their mind based on that. And a lot of it is you you want the date to kind of be as blind as possible so people will give each other a chance, which even that speaks to how we are as a culture that we got to set it up like that. Right. But she looked at, you know, all the details of his profile, which give all those normal requirements that a lot of single women our age are looking for. And she was like, "Hell yes!" Like right away, she was one of my faster people too. Click the link, ready to schedule. And then you know, then then when her time came, we got on a Zoom call. No colors. What's that?
1: No colors.
0: No colors. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I was just kind of like that. That. You know, and I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to make her a smaller person, but I feel like she's so representative of what's wrong with the way we think about people in this country, the way we think about each other. It's like mm-hmm. that it's just okay that mm-hmm. I, I, I see it this way.
1: I, you know, I, I happen to think at some level it is okay because if it's not okay, then we get to, we stop talking. Mm. And we start fighting, um, and it what becomes, what becomes unokay, is what we're willing to do with our biases, which which leads me to wanting to actually define racism, mm. because I have, for so long I have disagreed with Spike Lee, okay. who who said that black people can't be racist. You know, and I'm, I was thinking to myself, you know, if racism by definition, racism, um, it is discrimination against someone because of their race. Yeah. well you know black people can certainly discriminate with, against someone because of their race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if he is or, or that term is really used that literally I think it's, I think it goes much deeper in this country. Um, because it's not just discrimination, it's really a desire to or a willingness to or a, um, a predisposition to murder, um, take your things, see you see you as homeless or you know just see you destroy, mm-hmm. see your culture decimated, take take the men out of your house, lock them up. It's a, it's a different um, it's, it's different. Yeah. it's different than just discriminating it's the depth of discrimination um i could discriminate against you um for the last beer in my house because um my father is and my father didn't drink beer but mm-hmm. i could discriminate by giving him the last beer instead of you mm-hmm. that's you know that's nominal i mean that's not there's not much to that it's not a big deal yeah. um, and so in that situation i could be a I could be familyist or something like that, <laughs> but um, but if I get to the point where I'm like, I want her stuff, I want her house, I want to destroy her children, I I am okay with murdering lynching her, you know that kind. Of, that's a different level of discrimination. So um, you know, I'm I'm running my mouth and um, <laughs> I, I'm curious about how you define racism or where you, where it takes
0: you yeah so it it takes me to superior superiority inferiority so i think that there's a colossal false narrative that that you know someone who i would consider racist is someone who is pushing the agenda of white su- superiority Right. And so when I say pushing the agenda, because deep down as a culture and even as individuals, I don't think that racists actually honestly believe they are superior, because I think if they believed it, they wouldn't have to push it so hard. And I think that that's a human thing. So for me, you know, racism is anybody who pushes the agenda of, I should say, uh, white European superiority, that something is better because it's closer to that. And I think that's sort of like the crux of all of it. And so I think that a big part of the healing conversation is, is when we can let go that that even needs to be an agenda or a narrative or a notion by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we're human. We're always gonna have conflicts about things. We're always gonna have disagreements about things because different people see things different ways based on all their different experiences, right? Even the the amount of time you've been on the earth compared to somebody else or, you know, what part of the earth you come from compared to somebody else. Like we're always going to have enough differences to have conflict over. But I think, you know, when it comes to racism at the crux of all of it is is this deep down feeling that there is a better and a worse and that you can make that generalization. And I think the reason that it's so invasive in this country because this country was founded on slavery and because it and you know, what's that? And genocide. And genocide. Absolutely. Um, you know, and because uh, people of European descent have a, a, a world history <laughs> since the beginning of man of pushing this superiority agenda, you know, and wanting to believe it generation after generation, um, you know, our country was predicated on this idea. And so that, uh, what we're suffering now is just still the continued symptoms and aftermath of that. And so that's why it makes me so so anxious and nervous when I meet someone, you know, like I, it's almost like if I meet someone who's just out and out racist and that's the way they are and they're an asshole, okay. I mean, you're just, you're, you're in that thinking, that's, you, you bought into the bullshit you really think that you have to push the superiority agenda. You really think that somehow my life or my needs are less important than yours because of what color I am. Okay, I, I know what to do with that. If it means doing nothing with it, I, I know what to do with that or fighting it, whatever, you can choose whatever. But it does make me, it gives me pause and makes me very nervous to meet someone who presents as someone who I might even possibly be friends with if I just met them on the street. Do you know what I mean? And I've known I, I've known people my whole life, and I've mentioned this on the show before because I went to school with white kids and and church with black kids. I've known people my whole whole life who've said, you know, either things that were sort of off color or or on the racist side, or had came from racist families and but wanted to be friends with me anyway, or said, oh, you're okay because you're light mm-hmm. enough, or you know, whatever, or you're not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're too dark, so it's it's not like it was such a surprise that anybody would feel that way. But um, I guess my concern is that th- that there are still people walking around like it's like it's nothing. Like I prefer, you know, uh, chocolate over vanilla ice cream. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that. I it it gave me pause, and not even it's not even about her personally, but what sure. she represents, which is that sort of flip way of of denying someone else's value based on what color their skin is. Like, oh, I'd rather have, I'd rather have, you know, brunette hair than blonde hair today, Mm -hmm. as if it were that meaningless of a preference. And I don't know that it is that meaningless of a preference, because we're talking about the basis of all of it is, is loving each other, right? And accepting each other. And being mm-hmm. humans together, and I know there's a lot of people out there, both black, white, you know, uh, and everything in between, saying, "Oh, but I should be able to prefer to be with someone who's like me," because that this is not that argument. I don't think there's anything wrong with preferring to be with someone of the same culture. I know Italian people, Greek people, they love to stick together. Jewish people, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's nothing wrong with wanting to stick in your culture, um, you know, to raise your children and all of that. I don't think that makes you a bad person. But I think that when you are in a position where love is what you're seeking and you're unwilling to be open to anything that represents what you've seen in the past, that that can be problematic, not just for you personally, but for what we're dealing with in this world today, that people still see it that way, that it, that it means anything. I don't know. Am I being too Pollyanna about it?
1: I, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't know if you're being Pollyanna. I think I might be being Pollyanna. Yeah. Um. With with just a deeper voice, because, I the 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 thing is, I am trying to. I, I wish to be open to people who are, who position themselves as superior. Yeah. Um. It, it's it, what comes to mind, at, almost antithetically, is um something Toni Morrison said, and mm-hmm. she said, I think it was Toni Morrison. She said, "We have, as in blacks, if you're if we need, if we're, if we're talking about the moral high ground mm-hmm. around how we conducted ourselves, we have it." Yeah. Um. She said something to that effect. And so, if you have the if you have the foundation or the quote unquote moral high ground, it, and you don't even need the moral high ground, yeah. but if you have it, be that and and don't get swept up in someone thinking that they're better than you, uh, because like you said, they got a problem. Yeah. People, you know, someone who believes that has an issue, um, and that's that's a big issue but it's not just big in terms of it pointing to that person it's big in terms of it's so big around this country I mean that's what this in many ways that's what this country is built on and it's mm-hmm. how capitalism works um, because we are we want to be better than other people the cars yeah. we drive are often statements to other people the houses we buy the the, you know, the, the desire to want or have more yeah. Is often a statement to other people um, about us being better than them. So I, it's it's all it's all around that quality, that issue, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's all around us, and because it's all around us, we gotta we get to love these people who believe it, conduct themselves this way, or build their lives this way anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's just you know, we still gotta, yeah, we still
0: got love, them. I yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I definitely feel like you know love is the only answer. I totally agree with that, um, but then it was like, and maybe I'm a little bit mad at myself because in in conducting the interview. And, I, you know, I keep using this interview because it did that conversation did spark this within me. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, what would have been my responsibility in that conversation? So, you know, there's a couple things at play here, because obviously I have to remain in professionalism.
1: Absolutely.
0: Or maintain professionalism, I should say. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also... Um, I don't want to take a stance of like, you know, oh, I I see your racism. So I see that I'm actually superior to you. So let me tell you how you should be. Right. (laughs) But by the same token, it's like, you know, how do you then communicate with a person that what they're saying is landing in a way that, that, I mean, now she's someone that I, I, I won't, it's not that I don't want to see her have a match or be, be happy or whatever. But, you know, the way that she communicated who she was or her thinking about who she was or who, you know, what she wants, it landed me, it landed on me in a way that painted her in a certain light. And I know that I'm responsible for how I see her, but I think that we're all responsible for letting each other know when what you say or do lands on me in a way or impacts me in a way, if I don't let you know that then you could be going around, you know, striking people down all the time and saying horrible things. And if nobody's saying anything to you, you're, I'm not, you know, I'm not being a stand for you. If I'm not saying to you, like what you're saying is not a loving or workable way to be with people. And here you are telling me you want to have love in your life and you want to have acceptance. You want to mate with somebody, but you're coming off like somebody who's not very loving, (laughs) Yeah, you know. So I get it. Yeah, so I'm a little angry at myself that I didn't find some way to communicate that.
1: mm -hmm. Oh man, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Where you are is beautiful. Mm. Where she is is beautiful. Um, Because without either, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. I think where this conversation goes and what it reveals can be beautiful. Yeah. Um, I,
0: I, I don't know what else. <laughs> um, Let me um, ask you a question. Minute. As the long-term married man, ha- have you ever dated outside of your race? No. And why is that? Was it a decision, a consideration? Was it just like out of the question? You weren't raised that way? What, what was it?
1: um I, I guess worth this worth uh touching on what it means to date um
0: well they I, actually when i say dating cuz i'm not i'm not talking about like whatever you did for fun but when you were thinking in terms of like this could possibly be anybody that you went out with that could possibly potentially be a long-term relationship not you know if you hooked up with somebody or whatever but
1: like uh, yeah so easily the answer is easily no. no now why because i am a dc member, member. Um, <laughs> and i grew up in dc mm-hmm. i grew up around black people i am black and that's the culture that i know yeah i i know black women and i am most comfortable Around black women, but uh, I mean, period, and particularly in a, uh, a romantic sense. Yeah. I, that's what I know. I mean, I got that down. I got sisters. Um, <laughs> I can't, you know, I. You get me. You get a bear in me, and I will tell you, I could have any woman that I want, yeah. any black woman that I want, yeah. and um, because. We are, you know, right. we're connected and we, we, I know them. Yeah. And I, now that doesn't mean I, that's, I don't mean that in any belittling sense sure. um, at all. Uh, but that's just, that's how familiar all I
0: right. am and,
1: and we are.
0: All uh, right. I have another so question based on that. Hit it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, you know, totally what you're saying makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So now I want you to try to imagine that black women and beautiful black women were not so plentiful black women beautiful dateable black women were not so imagine that they're not so because they're plentiful mm-hmm. just from matchmaking i know this there are beautiful dateable amazing black women out there everywhere uh-huh. and so for any any man no matter what color he is if he said i want a sister I wanted to be beautiful. I wanted to be successful. It would take nothing if he made the slightest of effort to find one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right? Okay, so imagine that weren't the case. Imagine, like, coming from where you come from and knowing who you know, just imagine that uh, Black women weren't so plentiful, that all the good ones were taken, as a lot of people, you know, that's the mentality with men, right? All the good ones are taken. There, there aren't so many... I've never
1: had that conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, that's very much so. the mentality where, where... That's one of the mindsets that I run into, right, in this matchmaking okay. world, especially as women get older and they're single. It's like all the mar- all the good ones are already married and all of that stuff is sort of the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So imagine that that's what the narrative is. Because you... The, the Also the reason that you probably... You know, like you said, you, you used your words to create what your experience has been. So I've never... Ha- I, I could get a, a woman... At any time, put a couple beers in me, I could get any woman you say. Like that's... no, 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 no,
1: no. What I was saying was, you put a beer in me, and I would say that I can have any woman. And... So I wouldn't just say that, just having a conversation, just yeah. you know, just sitting in, a, in the office. But you um, believe but... that, right? Oh, I believe
0: that exactly. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. So so a, lo- a lot of our experience is a product of our beliefs. Okay. So I'm I'm saying, put yourself in the shoes of a woman.
1: Mm-hmm
0: you know, in this day and age with a different mentality. So the mentality is all the good ones are taken. I I wouldn't say that I could have the one that I want and just, you know, pick one and, Mm -hmm. and statistically there aren't as many that are as, as plentiful and, and able for me to date. Do you think in that situation you would be open to possibly expanding your, your desire? the different colored women.
1: If I if I believe that, yeah. I could see that. Um, that's just so far away from my beliefs. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm really speculating because I, I, in my adult life or anything that resembles my adult life, I have not had a problem meeting women mm-hmm. and, you um, know, having a relationship. Um, and... I, 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 uh, I also, I also. You come, think- you,
0: that's a, that's, by the way, I just want to point out that that is in the dating romance love world. What you're talking about is a level of privilege, right? Okay. Not just okay. your mind, not just that you have a pot, which is you have a great mindset about it. Cause that's probably, you know, like you said, what your experience has been, but also to be in that position where, Anything that I want would be plentiful and available to me, as far as love Mm -hmm. and romance is concerned, is a a position of privilege. I don't see that. Uh, Of course you don't. The The people who have the privilege never see it. (laughs) Who doesn't have that option? Who doesn't have
1: that option? Who does not have that option?
0: Well, I think those who don't believe that they have that option don't have it. So, but if your, if your experience has been something different or you've been conditioned to see it a different way, or if you, let's say even buy into the statistics and the Mm -hmm. statistics don't lie, even though I don't, I don't subscribe to them in the sense of like for myself, I feel like there's a cap for every bottle and you know who I'm meant to match with or who I match with has nothing to do with statistically what's going on. But Mm -hmm. if I'm walking around with a mindset that the, the cards are stacked against me I can't just just pick whoever I want and have them fit into my life. Dating has not been easy for me. I don't see a lot of availability, right? The onus is on me to either adjust that mindset so I could have a different experience or maybe open up what I'm requiring of other people so that I can have a different experience.
1: Now, how is that privilege? If I have opened up the mindset and I have, a different experience. Did because you ever I, have yeah. to open
0: up the mindset or is that how you've always felt?
1: <laughs> mm, now that's an interesting question. Yeah. Did I ever have to open up the mindset as it pertains to um, whether women are plentiful? for I me? Mean, I don't know. Um,
0: I I, I, don't, I doubt it for some reason.
1: <laughs> what, I, what I've had to do is, well, I've had to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time where there was a time where I wanted to be what women wanted me to be. Um where I I mean, this was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh but then there came a time where I didn't want to be that no more. I didn't have, to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a woman stood me up, I had I really was not bothered by that. That was not a big deal. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, next. Uh, and then, but did so that, Ryan, what
0: happened more often than not? Like, like you getting stood up and, and struggling with dating is, is what would you say? What percentage would you guess has been your dating experience? <laughs> I could not tell you. Probably very small. Yeah. I would bet. Yeah.
1: Small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would get right. There as being small, but I don't know what the reasons for that are. Yeah. Um, but I do know that I did make some adjustments in my dating life. Mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> where I stopped. There's certain things I wouldn't do, and, or would do, and care about, or wouldn't care about, and I began to, you know, I and I, I absolutely made some adjustments. Mm-hmm. And uh, what can I say? That's that's kind of where what I, I'm assuming contributed to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Whatever, wherever that is, and whatever that is. But I don't see that as privilege. I think I well, made some adjustments.
0: How about this? What about the possibility that the adjustments that you made are what made you um, maybe more marriage-minded, more commitment-minded, or more a more eligible husband? And that's on a, another level. But when it comes to the where the privilege is, is that the question of whether I would have a mate that I would want has it, it's not a question. <laughs> Like that, it, it's going to happen. And I may or may not last with that person. It doesn't mean that every relationship you've ever had was perfect and meant to be forever. But it, there is a level of, it's like when we talk about white privilege, it's not a question that I'm going to go out my door and the cops aren't going to harass me. I don't wonder about it. that's the privilege of my life. I get to walk around and no one's going to harass me for anything, or I might even do something a little illegal, but I don't have to worry about the possibility of getting killed for it. Like I I don't question it. That's, Mm -hmm. that's privilege. Like I just, I, and we all have some level of privilege around something, you know, there's, they call it something they call pretty privilege. And I don't maybe have it as strong as I used to when I was younger, but I knew that as a pretty you girl. You still got it. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. But I knew that as a pretty girl, there are certain things that I would be able to have, get away with, and whether I, I didn't walk around thinking about it consciously, but just the fact that I didn't have to, that's privilege. And so to be able to walk around and navigate through your dating life, I know that no matter what, I'm going to have somebody, and it's going to be somebody I actually want. Mm-hmm. That's privilege. <laughs> Okay, I mean,
1: in that context, so on the racial context, Mm -hmm. we're talking about a system that is built on, um, we're talking about a system that is built on, on, uh, around race, it has a history, uh, where race is an issue. With dating, with dating, if we were talking about looks, so the difference between what you have said around privilege and what I have said around dating or oh, difference with you have said around dating and what I have said around dating. Mm-hmm. And you didn't specifically say dating. You just said your privilege was good looks. Mm-hmm. I haven't. So I'm not, and what I've said, I haven't been appealing to my looks or which doesn't, I've just, a, I've just been talking about who I am. Yeah. And so I can look like the bottom of my foot <laughs> and it, still applies to to what I'm saying around being able to have a woman. You're talking about, when you start talking about looks, then we're getting into a system of what is good looks, whether it's a certain weight, complexion, race, hair texture, those kinds of things. I didn't even touch on that at all. I just simply touched on me being a certain type of person allows me to feel or allows me to manifest being able to have whatever woman that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, the reason I used, used looks is because it's just another example of how you can have privilege and not mm-hmm. know it. I mean, my whole thing is is not that you're... I think that you are a very good person... Um, but I don't think that your, your framing of, I can, I can have a woman that I want. I don't know that I've, I subscribe to that. It has to do with your character, even though I think you have an amazing character as a person, but your framing of that and the way you see it, I think just that thinking is a privileged thinking. Like, And you're right. You could look like the bottom of your own foot or someone else's foot. If you have that thinking, that's a privileged thinking because there's a lot of guys that look like the bottom of your foot that are extremely funny. And they might in their mind, if they've never had anything to tell them different, they might feel like I could get any woman I want because I'll make her laugh. And I know that that, that, you know, that's going to get her. And their dating life probably falls in line with that. But being in that that mind state about it, and not ever questioning whether I'm going to have somebody I want, like not not having it not even be a, a a a thing of like you know could it be possible that I won't find the one I love? That there's a privilege in that mm-hmm. because there's something in my life, my conditioning, my growing up that has told me that there is no question. Like I don't have to question that because it—that's just what it is. And yes, you've been on a journey of being becoming a better and better man, a better and better partner. And I think that probably makes a difference as far as as far as your sustainability. Your sustainability is not privilege. Like that's hard one for most of us. I don't know anybody who's got, you know, well, you know, those people who've been married 80 years or whatever. Maybe they have some privilege around being able to sustain a relationship. But it's those things that we don't even have to question. They are our ours. Just the fact that we live in a first world country. And most of us have toilets. That's mm-hmm. privilege, because there's people in the world <laughs> that they're like, "Where am I going to shit today?" Mm-hmm. So anything that we feel that way around, whether we want to we want to accept that or not, any anything that we feel is a given, that I'm entitled to it just by my right of existence, just because I've always had it, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. That's privilege. Mm-hmm.
1: Let me let me um, back up a little bit and. and point out um uh, point out some arrogance Hmm. and i you are hearing me as saying i could have a woman that i wanted to be in a relationship with that's not what i was saying i was much more arrogant than that i could have any woman i wanted okay that's what i said
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) Thank you for making uh, that distinction. You are very I don't welcome. know how it changes it, but yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> that's right. a good
0: distinction. Uh, now,
1: that doesn't mean I just wanted any woman. Yeah. It doesn't mean I wanted a woman who was married or, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean any of that. But it, hey, if I wanted her, I could have her. That's my, that's my mindset.
0: Yeah. Whether it's
1: true or not, doesn't matter. But that's my mindset.
0: Yeah, it's a privileged mindset. Okay. <laughs>
1: What's saying everybody has their thing, everybody has their strength. If you want to call it a strength,
0: mm-hmm. that's well, well, so? Different. What's your aversion? What's your aversion to it being called privilege? Like, what is it that you're like? Why? Why do you feel like no? That but... privilege sounds like
1: it's something that it's an advantage that you have over someone else. But that's and I mean we could say that in one game. It's like saying. A football player is privileged over a basketball player. Well it I mean, will that's depend true on... if they're playing football. Yes. But it's not true if they're playing basketball. So yes I, I don't that's I don't see the point. And mm. and or we can just say football is his strength, basketball is his strength. And that's it. There's no there's no advantage.
0: Yeah. There is an advantage to believing that you can have something. Because if you don't believe that you can have it or that it's possible to have it, then you have work to do in order to get to a point where you, where you can. Because even if you had it, you wouldn't recognize it. So that, I, that is an advantage. I, and there's nothing I, wrong with having an advantage. Like I think we have such a, a, a negative association with what it means to have privilege. We're so resistant of it that it, it leaves us unopened to just being able to recognize it and relish in it and know that that's that not everybody has what we have whether it's a belief or something physical that we were blessed with like a you know professional basketball player not everybody is 6 foot 5 and can you know i don't know basketball terms but <laughs> and can dunk a ball or whatever so it's like i got to be willing to recognize that i'm privileged in that i was born that i would grow tall enough and yeah i probably worked hard as well i'm not negating that but I was born with the genetics that would have me being able to pursue a sport and master a sport where I could set up my entire family in a way financially that they never had before. Like that's there's privilege in that, and it's okay.
1: There, is,
0: <laughs> you're very resistant to that word. I I'm, mean, I'm, well, I'm with you. I'm with you in the conversation. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm playing with it, and we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, okay. I see it as a yeah, you know, like a, it, it's a strength and and somebody being short could be a strength for a given set. Of, depending given on job.
0: what depending on you know what it is that they're up to or what they want in their lives i'm you know i don't know i've never heard of short privilege but you know culturally in, a, in this culture but you know for whatever they're up to maybe there is a privilege in that exactly. you know if you're a jockey and you're trying to be you know the best jockey on the on the yeah. track it's, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. There, there's a right. little, there is privilege in having the weight, the weight size and and that, adva- that advantage, advantage, privilege. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You might mm-hmm. get treated better when you're on the tracks.
1: Yes. More is more. that, is that an advantage? Is, or is it a strength? And it, again, it's an advantage if you want to be a jockey or being tall is an advantage if you want to be a basketball player. Yeah. But You may not want to be a basketball player or a jockey. You may not want to be a basketball player if you're tall. And so it's not an
0: advantage. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, you know, if you don't want to be a basketball player and you're six foot five, then it doesn't negate the fact that you have the privilege of having the genetics that that could make you a good basketball player. You just don't want to do it. You still have that advantage. You still have the privilege of being six foot five. There's still privilege Mm -hmm. in that. It's just that you're not taking advantage of it. Doesn't mean you that also, it's, huh? Well, you also may not be able to dribble. You maybe not, but uh-huh. I mean that's something you can learn. I'm just saying that whether you take advantage of your privilege or not is not the question. It's you know do I have it or not? So like I said, like when I use pretty as a possibility, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for privilege. So pretty privilege, it's a thing. But I don't have to take advantage mm-hmm. of it. I could you know wear no makeup, wear no hair, not try and you know whatever navigate my life that way and and it'll be what it is and nothing wrong with it right but that doesn't mean that i don't have pretty privilege that doesn't mean that i i couldn't say oh well i know that if i do this this and this i can take advantage of being an, an attractive woman in the in the room but and knowing that without question is part of of what is inherent in privilege as opposed to let's say a, another woman might not like the way that she looks or not ever been treated well because of what she looks like or not have a belief in what she looks like and might do all kinds of stuff to herself maybe surgeries and different things trying to trying to reach a certain uh what she thinks is it will make her desirable right mm-hmm. so there's no there's no privilege in feeling like you have to to, you know, you're constantly questioning whether you, you have power with this thing and that you have to do things in order to, to uh, uh, have the advantage, that you have to, um, you know, lighten your skin if we go back to the race thing. So if I'm white and I have white privilege, I don't have to question whether I'm going to get treated as a white person. But if I'm Black and I feel like I want to have the benefits of white privilege, then I'm gonna to have to go through either lightening my skin or fooling people somehow, trying to pass. And in the back of my mind, I'm gonna always be in that that uh, that su- superiority conversation. That if I were Euro, I would have. I don't have that privilege. I don't have the privilege. I have to like, you know, try to find the advantage. I, try, I have to try to force it. Not saying I mm-hmm. won't get away with it sometimes. Not that I don't want to make this too convoluted. But it's just that when I don't have to question it, and I've already got it, and I and I win certain things, or I um, take advantage, or I am rewarded, and it's not even a question. That's where privilege comes in, and privilege is not necessarily a bad thing. We all have privilege for different things, but we have we've put such negative connotation on it because of white privilege and what we deal with racially with superiority in this country. But we all have privilege around something.
1: And so what becomes the point in pointing out a privilege?
0: So the difference between someone who says, okay, if I want to be in a relationship or, you know, if I want to date someone, I want someone in my life that, you know, I could have that. I I have that when I want to have that. Compared to somebody else who is like, I'm single. I put myself in this this, uh, dating uh, database. I'm wanting to be matched with somebody and they've got to have all these different things. That's 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 that person making efforts to try to make something happen that they don't have privilege around, right? Because they don't have that mindset. It's not been their experience, you know, statistically, what what you would think would be available to them. They, they believe is not available to them. or It's just not, they're not having that kind of success in their dating life or they've struggled or they've been in bad relationships. Like they don't have that. That, okay, I'm going to have the relationship I want. That's just it. A lot of people Mm -hmm. don't have that. And so in the dating world, to have that mindset, there's a level of privilege that comes with that mindset. Because if I don't ever question whether I could have what I want, whether it's someone I'm just going to sleep with or someone that I'm going to be with long-term, if I don't have any questions around that, then I'm going to be moving through that world of dating in a completely different way than someone who is constantly in question of it. Just like if, I, if I'm moving through a job situation and I'm a white person and I have no question that my complexion is never going to be a factor in whether I'm considered for a, a raise or whether someone's going to be nice to me or I, have just, I just have no question about it. That's my privilege. I can walk around not wondering if somebody uh, said what they said because of what color I am as opposed to somebody who is of color who comes into a job. And is you know turned down for raises or it's a little bit more of a struggle, they gotta do extra stuff so they can you know be seen as, as just as respected. There's no privilege in that. There's no advantage okay. in that. You get what okay. I'm saying?
1: I'm getting it. I'm <laughs> I mean, we, we I could go back to the system, the mm-hmm. systematic piece. Um but the mindset, a mindset you can Teach. I mean, that's after that's actually. I mean, is you is you being a matchmaker, you coach, mm-hmm. you coach people, and yeah. so that's a mindset. You're coaching people given your mindset. You yeah. have a set of skills or understanding of XYZ relationships, uh, matchmaking, dating, yeah, and you can teach other people, you can teach that to other people that is certainly a strength that's certainly an a i guess you can call it an advantage in terms of working um and and, and getting a client uh to do that those types of things but is it privilege um
0: well no not I guess, I, not that i mean the thing is is that it you know what In coaching, you're teaching people how to transform their mindset. So if I don't come from a privileged mindset and I feel like I have to struggle for whatever it might be, whether it's love right now, you know, I'm teaching a course called Fat Shrinking Emotional Fitness. So having a fit body, if I'm not born with that kind of figure where I can eat cheeseburgers and never gain a pound, that that's there's, you know, thin privilege, although that's a whole nother conversation because you got to think in terms of health. But if I have to actually go through the transformation of my mindset in order to um, have what it is that someone else unquestioningly has, then I'm not privileged around it. I got to do the work. I don't. It's not an adva- It's not an advantage I was given. It's something that I. And there's nothing wrong with that. Certain things some of us have to do the work for, and some of us don't have to do the work for it just becomes very sticky when we get into the conversation of skin color because people have to do the work for it based on their skin and color not based on whether they're skillful or not so that's that's where that's there's a difference there but like you're saying with thought transformation and coaching and teaching people you know the the reason that I do that is because I I wasn't privileged in the sense that I, always felt good about myself. So someone who was raised to have a really good self-esteem, how many of us get that? So you're raised to have this amazing self-esteem. There's privilege in never wondering whether you're good enough in in having been conditioned to know that you were good enough or that you are good enough, that you're deserving, that you're entitled to whatever there is in the world because you're a human being and we all are. Like, there's privilege in, in having those beliefs ingrained in you from being very small. I don't know how many people have, but that there's a privilege in, in being trained with that mindset as opposed to someone who believes I got to be good enough in order for anything to happen in my life. I got to work hard. I got to do this. I got to, you know, this is not going to come easy to me. This is not for me. So that's what I deal with is people who don't have privilege around the things that they want to transform. They're people who, you know, their mindset says, this has been a struggle. It does not come easy. I don't just automatically have it. And the reason I coach it is because they're they're all things that I didn't just automatically have. And I don't say that from a woe is me place because I would Mm -hmm. never trade my journey. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's other things that I've had privilege around. But I wouldn't say that I had, let's say, you know, uh, fit privilege. Like, you know, I don't I have to do a lot of work to make sure that my body is fit. (laughs) And I always have. And that's and that's part mindset, what I was grown up to think. And also, you know, just part genetics, part how I was conditioned. So I came from, you know, something that taught me to be very much around the struggle, the struggle of weight the struggle of, you know, weight loss, weight gain, trying to stay fit, making sure that you exercise, all that stuff. You know, whereas there's some people they were raised around lots of outdoor activity, they come from great genetics, you know, my, my good friend Grace. She, you know, for all, as long as I've known her has always been able to eat cheeseburgers, french fries, not care about her diet, drink wine every day and she's been a size 4, size 6. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Effortlessly. In the entire time that I've known her, and there's a there's a level of privilege in that. You
1: know? Okay. Yeah, okay.
0: that's all. It's not anything. It doesn't make you a bad person to to recognize your privilege.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't believe that it makes you a bad person to recognize your privilege. Okay. I am going more. I'm a, I'm going at the issue a little deeper. I think um, by trying to figure out what the point is identify what the point in identifying a person as having a privilege it just is. means that and you I, have do, to... I do i do i do get how there is a point in identifying a a privilege in a given system mm-hmm. but if we're not talking about a given
0: so back to system, the back to the example with the woman so mm-hmm. she doesn't have the kind of privilege dating privilege where she's just like this is easy for me i can have what i want she has to actually work for it. So if I'm someone who has to work for it, maybe I need to reconsider what I'm casting as what makes someone worthy enough for me or not. So that's where privilege comes in. If, if I can't, if I don't already just have something, maybe I have to consider what steps I might have to take to open up to having it. And so maybe I should stop judging people based on things like what color their skin is. Because here this person has all these other things that I wanted. I, want, I know I wanted him because I, I clicked the link so that I could get that mm-hmm. screening call and try to get a date with this person, mm-hmm. you know, because then he went out on a date last night and she's still, I mean, as far as I know, <laughs> unless somebody else came along and matched her because she said she hasn't been dating in a long time. Wow. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the point of recognizing it. So this doesn't come easy for me. What do I need to do in order for it to come easy to me? What do I need to be willing to open up to? And the reason I think it's so important around race is because if we were willing to do that, that would open up so much so much when it comes to race rela- relations. So if I want to have more friends, and I don't have a lot of friends in my life, maybe I need to start valuing people for other things than what I have been valuing them for. Mm-hmm. And if I'm you know, trying to be exclusionary of people for whatever reason, Maybe I need to stop being exclusionary about things that don't really speak to whether someone's able to be a friend or a lover or, or whatever. And this is a conversation for myself as well, because you're talking to a perfectionist from way back. And I gotta give you a million reasons why not to like people. <laughs> okay. You know, but that's what this is about. Like just being able to recognize that this doesn't come easy to me. So what do I need to do? I need to open up to people. All right. All right. Yeah. okay. Yeah, I love that okay. you asked that question because that's my takeaway around it.
1: We'll talk about this again sometime. Yes, I'm sure.
0: and we can do a part 2 next week if you want to because I think that that it's you know, this whole race and love thing, I think it you know, there's just so much to it that we haven't even scratched the surface.
1: We'll be starting from scratch, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I digest this week.
0: Okay. Well it's yeah, let's sense. do it. Let's we'll do a part two. Okay. okay. All right. Is there anything that you want to give as a takeaway before we close out?
1: Oh man. <laughs> I don't even know what we you know, we talked about so much. Uh I think um check out check out the movie The Guilty and I check will. out my blog about it when it comes out. And I don't know when that is. But, yeah. Um but um check it out. Okay. Check it out and see where you fill in the gaps. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, now, it's did?
1: not. It's probably not easy to watch because I I still have Netflix, the streaming service, and DVD.com, which is Netflix old version where they mailed you DVDs. Yeah, yeah. I got it by having it mailed to me. I don't know if you can find it anywhere else, but you... maybe on Roku if you stream it. I don't know.
0: Oh, so it might not be able to. You might not be able to do it digitally on Netflix.
1: I, I don't know. I don't think so because that's why I got the DVD because I already have it. I yeah. have Netflix. If I would have streamed it, I would
0: that I would have streamed it, but you know, whatever. Try it, try to right. find it. I'm gonna try to find it for sure. Okay. Hopefully, people okay. listening okay. listening will try to find it as well. Nice, right? All right, so that's it. Uh-huh. You, you don't have a takeaway for us? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's my takeaway. I, you know, I, uh, our whole conversation around privilege and stuff like that, it's just we, myself included, because I'm very much talking to myself. When we're in a state of wanting something, and specifically love, dating, relationship you know, just interaction, connection, the onus is on us to say, you know, where am I cutting off the possibilities? And if I'm cutting off the possibilities in areas that don't speak to a person's character, is that really workable for me? Is it really going to give me what I want? Right? So I might think that someone's dark skin speaks to their character But we got to be willing to question these kinds of beliefs. I might think that the amount of money someone makes speaks to their character. We got to be willing to question that belief because we can develop a whole lot of those those requirements, those things, those issues that we won't deal with as far as dating, friendships, relationships. And then when we're sitting there alone, and this is for those who are sitting there alone and don't want to be, or when we're in a state of wanting we have to be willing to question, how am I keeping what I want from myself? If you're not in a state of one thing, then you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, all
1: right. <laughs> On that note.
0: On that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much, Frank Love. As always, it's been an amazing conversation. I love chopping it up with you
1: thank you
0: for having me absolutely absolutely and I love our time together so you guys know you can hit me up at ask for candy podcast on Instagram at candy love coach on Instagram um what else you can shout out the Ask for Candy podcast group on Facebook as well. Subscribe to Ask for Candy on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Email me, askforcandypodcasts at gmail.com. And until next week, never forget that you are a love machine. If you ever start to feel like you aren't getting the love you need, just make more and ask for candy. Bye now. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you so hey, much. You. <laughs> I call my sugar candy.